All right, well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Brett, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Kings Corner Church. I want to welcome you here this morning. Uh, welcome everybody watching online. So good to have you with us today. Um, go ahead, turn your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the New Testament. Fourth book, New Testament, John chapter 8. We're just in a series here called Forget Not Your Benefits. How many of you know in Jesus Christ, we have amazing benefits that are available to us through the victory of the cross? That's right. Amen. And so we've been talking about our benefits in Jesus. We've talked about forgiveness, redemption, adoption. Last week, we talked about the rest of God, entering into God's provision into the finished works of the cross. And the benefit I want to talk about today is freedom. <laughs> John chapter 8, let's look at verse 31 to 36. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Amen. See, this is one of the benefits that as Christians we absolutely love. When I said I'm talking about freedom today, I got a... That hasn't happened for any of the other benefits that I've talked about. <laughs> we love talking about our freedom. We love quoting John 8, 36. And so we should. We love that Jesus freed us from the sin that leads to death. Unbelievable. <laughs> right in my forehead my temple. Unbelievable. We love singing where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. We love hearing fiery sermons about freedom. Is that true? We love that. And I really truly believe that most Christians genuinely believe that they have freedom in Christ. And yet, I also believe that most Christians are not living fully in that freedom. I would even guess that most of the believers in this room and most of the believers watching online are living in some kind of bondage as a result of demonic oppression in their life. When I say demonic oppression, this is, this is what I mean. It's, it's, it's demons 
trying to dominate us, fulfilling Satan's purpose in our lives to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the enemy's attempt to subdue us, enslave us, gain control over us, and have influence and power in our lives. Basically, it's the enemy trying to stop us from serving God and living in the victory of the cross. Okay? And so sometimes we're not able to enter into God's rest, like we talked about last week. We can't, we can't enter into God's finished works because of this demonic oppression. I kind of sound like a Debbie Downer here today. <laughs> right? And, and I know it sounds like I'm, I'm giving you bad news today. But this is the good news. The deliverer is in this room. And it's his desire that every person a part of this service today, here and online, be absolutely, undeniably set free. Today. Today. Today is your day to be free. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you so much, God, for everything you've already done. God, I just pray that, that we get set free today. Whatever is binding us, whatever is holding us back, whatever is preventing us from living in the victory of the cross, we come against that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, I just declare that strongholds are going to be broken today, that, that, that wrong thinking patterns even some that we've gotten through going to church. I pray that those are going to fall and break and that we're going to be able to live in the freedom that Jesus provided us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So the first step in, in living in freedom is to humble ourselves, to acknowledge that we have a problem, that we have something that we might need to be set free from. Now, going back to John 8, 31 to 36, the scripture that we read in the, in the beginning there, who is Jesus talking to in that portion of scripture? Who is Jesus talking to? Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, who believed him. So, so who is Jesus talking to? Believers. In John chapter 8, Jesus is talking to a, a group of Jewish people. Most of them are unbelievers. In most of John chapter 8, he's addressing the unbelievers. But in this portion, in verse 31 to 36, Jesus is talking to the believers. Okay? And so Jesus is saying to the believers that they can find freedom in the Son. S-O-N, capital S, 
<laughs> they can find freedom in Jesus. So here's the first thing we need to understand about being set free. Believers can be in bondage. Believers can be in bondage. Why would Jesus say this to the believers if they didn't need to be set free? I don't know about you, but I kind of I, I get a little kick out of their response. Look at, look at how they answered in verse 33. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. So these believers, these descendants of Abraham are saying that they don't need to be set free because they're not in bondage and they've never been in bondage. If you have read any part of the Old Testament, <laughs> you know that Israel has been in bondage. They were in bondage to everyone. They were in bondage to the Babylonians. They were in bondage to the Assyrians. They were in bondage to the Chaldeans or Chaldeans. And of course, they were in bondage to the Egyptians. They've made movies about that. How many of you have seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston? Don't you love him? He was so dramatic. I love Charlton Heston. Right? How many of you have seen the Prince of Egypt, the cartoon one that came out and whenever that came out? Right? And even during this conversation with Jesus, during this conversation, Israel is currently in bondage to the Romans. They were oppressed by the Romans, okay? And so this response is either ignorant or it's just absolutely in denial. And I really believe that most Christians are not living in the freedom Jesus provided us because they refuse to acknowledge or even believe that they could even be in bondage or under any kind of demonic oppression because they're Christians. So it's either denial or they're completely unaware. But there is an attitude, there's a belief in the church. And, and I'm, even, I'm gonna call it a bad doctrine, some bad teaching, that Christians can't have demons. And I think the word that we often get hung up, in, hung up on is that word possession. Lots of times in the Bible it talks about being demon possessed. And, and here's, here's the thing is there's actually two Greek words for that word possession. One, one of the words is ownership. And that's usually how we define that word demon possessed, ownership. But the other definition is to gain mastery over, to have power and influence over. Christians cannot be owned by a demon. We belong to God, right? But demons can have mastery and influence and power in our lives, okay? So demons can't have Christians, they can't own them, but Christians can have demons. And in a few minutes, we're going to look at Mark chapter 5 where that word demon possessed is used. 
And I would imagine when we when we read it, you're going to think this is this is that first definition ownership, but it's not. That word possessed in Mark chapter five, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, is is that word of mastery and influence. Okay, and so often I think a better translation of demon possession is demonized. Does that make sense? I think that's a better translation. And I think that might help us a little bit. It's possible for Christians to be demonized. Okay? Um, but saying Christians can't have demons, that, that's just like saying, you know, I can drink as much alcohol as I want. I'm not going to get drunk because I'm a Christian. Right? And, and the truth is, if you allow lots of amounts of alcohol into your body, you will come under the influence of that alcohol. It's going to gain mastery over you and it's going to have influence and power in your life. Okay? And so it's possible to allow demons to come into our life and have influence and control until you tell them to leave. Okay, so it's like if you leave all the doors and the windows open in your house, it's very possible that a thief could come in. Does that thief own your house? No, but could it have influence in your house? Absolutely, until what? Until you remove him or until you call the proper authorities how many of you know the proper authority to remove, de- to remove demons? Amen? So until someone acknowledges that there is a thief in their home, they can never be free. So number one is we need to humble ourselves. We need to acknowledge, you know what? This might not just be a problem of my flesh. There might be something else happening here that's given me some issues in my life, that's stopping me from being free, right? But we have to humble ourselves and come to that point. John 10, 1 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, who's the door? Jesus. But climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. See, the thief can get in. And please understand that the thief is trying to get in. Okay? Old Testament talks about the, the, the Chaldeans or the Chaldeans. I'm just going to call them Chaldeans. Is that okay? I don't know how you say it. So the Chaldeans are enemies of Israel. Okay? And, and um, against Israel, against God's people. And the Chaldeans, and, and I'm not going to have time to do this today, so you have to trust me, but the Chaldeans, um, you can relate Chaldeans, that, that enemy, to demonic spirits, okay? And I'm going to read a scripture, and it's going to help you see that. Habakkuk 1 and verse 5 to 8. Look, the, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told to you. For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not 
theirs. Does that sound like demons? Demons are trying to dwell in places that are not theirs. And just like our own houses that have many doors and windows, there's many entrances for demons to come into our lives. I'm just going to say a few. I'm not going to go into great detail about them, but pride. Pride, absolutely. I hope you're winning. I hope you're winning because that sounded like a great game. Um, So pride in our own strength. If you've got pride in your own strength, if you have pride in your own wisdom, if you have pride in your own righteousness, that can be a door to the enemy. Right? The Bible talks about lust and, and specifically lust of the flesh. When we sin on purpose, when we rebel against God's word, when we give in to temptation, the Bible says we're going to become slaves to who or what we obey. That's a door. That's an entrance for the enemy. Another one is offense. When we choose to pick up offense, someone does something wrong against us. Instead of forgiving them the way Jesus forgives us, we say, no, I'm going to pick up this offense. That's a door. That's an entrance. Each of these could be a message, by the way. Um, I think legalism. I think legalism is, is another door. Demons are legalists. Okay? And so they can enter through our own self-righteousness, our judgmental spirits, our compulsion to control people and to control situations. Okay? Demons enter in that way. And another one, I'm just, I'm just going to call it loving the world. So when we open up ourselves to the things of this world that are not of God. So we're opening up ourselves to graphic sexual movies to demonic video games, to horror movies, to horoscopes, horoscopes, to astrology, to tarot card readers, to Ouija boards. Did you know that children can still buy Ouija boards at Toys R Us? Okay, those things are also entrances. And just like our houses, we need to be intentional about closing the doors and locking the windows We need to close up these entrances for the enemy. And the Holy Spirit absolutely can tell you what those entrances in your life are. In fact, I think he's telling you right now. Okay? And please don't just shrug it off. Right? Don't say, it's not a big deal. Just one of my little guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures have a cost, and the cost is your freedom. We need to make a decision today to shut some doors and close some windows, okay? And so here are some signs that you might be in bondage, okay? Here's some signs as a result of demonic oppression. So I gave you the doors, now here's some signs that you might actually be having some demonic oppression in your life. First one is strongholds. Any thought patterns that are contrary to the word of God that controls our emotions and our behavior. Recurring nightmares is another one. Okay? Feeling a constant compulsion to do something that you know is a sin. You know it's a sin. Um, addictions, food addiction, drug addiction, gambling, sex, whatever it is. 
irrational fears, crippling fears, anxiety, outbursts of anger. Of anger. Lots of people are still struggling with, with this one because of COVID. People are still living like it's day one of the pandemic. That's not normal. That's not. Okay? That's not natural. I'm not saying we're not supposed to be careful and all that kind of stuff. Okay? But the enemy is stealing people's freedom with fear. Irrational behavior. Constant thoughts and feelings of accusation. Worthlessness, shame, guilt, being unclean in some way. Okay? That's not a description of the believer. Amen? Having suicidal thoughts. Frequent sicknesses. Especially those mystery illnesses. Right? The doctors, you know, they, they can't find an, an origin for. Okay? Lots of times people, these people believe strongly in healing, but they're sick all the time. Okay? Maybe that's demonic oppression. Sexual compulsions, repeated sexual immorality, pornography and, and masturbation. Lots of times people, um, they don't realize they're in bondage until they try and get out. And that's one of the ones that you don't even, you just think you're dabbling. It's just one of your guilty pleasures. Pornography. But then you realize when you try and stop, there's a problem here, right? Hopelessness, despair, loss of confidence, a sense of being blocked or stifled in one's Christian life, a, a, a pronounced loss of enthusiasm for spiritual things. Here's another one, failure syndrome, a continual lack of success in life despite someone's best efforts and an inability to have victory or to live in victory in a specific area of your life. You know, a number of years ago, I had a, I had a conflict with someone in church. Is that, is that possible? <laughs> 25 years of, of pastoring, I'm sure you didn't encounter any conflict. But I had a conflict with someone, and, and I took offense. I took offense. I was very angry. I was very hurt. And um, for two years, I really tried to forgive them. Um, I, I sincerely asked God to help me forgive this person, to release the debt, all the things that I say to you about how to forgive, I was sincerely trying to do. One of the things I always say to you to forgive someone is pray for them. It's hard to have bitterness against someone, resentment, when you're praying for them. I prayed so much for this person, I was praying more for them than the other people in my life that I really care about. I was sincerely trying to forgive them. But for two years, every week and, and multiple times a week, I would be reminded of this person. I'd be reminded of the offense. It would be the stupidest little triggers. 
And then I'd start to get angry and I'd start to rehearse over and over in my mind what happened and the conversations and all the people that were involved and why didn't they do this and why didn't I do that? And, and I start to get angry and, and it just rehearses over and over. And now I feel like I'm right back at the beginning of trying to forgive this person. And now I'm feeling guilt and I'm feeling shame because I'm preaching about forgiveness to you. But multiple times during a week, I'm feeling resentment and bitterness and anger. And I'm struggling to forgive for two years. Listen, this was tormenting me. I've forgiven people before. Why is this taking two years? And one day I was in my office and the same thing happened. And I was like, Lord, help me. This is not normal. And I did not understand what was happening. But he, he directed me to confess this to Pastor Mandy. And at the time, our youth pastor was Pastor Skip. And so I had them come to my office, and I told them everything that was happening. And Pastor Mandy said, she, she, she began to, to tell me about a dream that she had the night before about me. And in this dream, she saw me in the church building, and I was very angry, and I was very frustrated. And she saw a red stiletto Heel. You guys know what that is? One of those high heels that has the long, like the really long, right? Some of our 5'11 and 6 foot girls here wear them for some reason. <laughs> My daughter being one of them. And oh, I owe her a dollar now. That's what we said. Anyway. And, uh, and she, she saw this red stiletto stabbed into my back. And there was poison and pus coming out of this. And she said in the dream, she could tell that I had no idea that it was there. Isn't that incredible? See, she recognized that demon, that demonic spirit as a Jezebel spirit. See, I had a demon and I didn't even realize it. I thought I was living in the freedom of Christ. I didn't even realize it, right? I just thought, I just believed the lie that the enemy was feeding me that you're a bad Christian. You suck at forgiveness. You don't deserve his forgiveness. And I know that when I took offense, I know that was the entrance, that was the door, when that demon came in, had some people pray for me, and I was set free. And it wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. Two years of torment. But then once I acknowledged there was a thief, and we went to the proper authority to remove the thief, I was set free. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. So number one, we need to humble ourselves. Just for the record, that's my longest point, okay? Two and three are much shorter. <laughs> Some of you are like, what, number one's just over? <laughs> number two, learn the truth. Learn the truth. Let's go back to John chapter 8. 
Verse 31 to 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the way we know the truth is by abiding in the word of God. This is where we get the truth. And until we have the word, until we have the truth, we can't be free. Because it's the truth that's going to set us free. Amen? So I want to tell you some truth. God says he wants us to be free. Galatians 5.1.4, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. I think that scripture is very direct. <laughs> God, why do you want me to be free? So you can be free. Right? That means we can choose freedom. That's what that scripture means. We can choose freedom. God says we don't have to live in fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We can be free from anxiety and worry in Jesus. God says the power in us is greater. What scripture am I going to? 1 John 4, 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Hallelujah. The one who's in you is greater than any thief that dare come into your house. God says we've been given power and authority. Luke 10, 19. If I've given you authority... I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and watch this, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Wow. That's what God has to say about your freedom. That means there's no demon. Listen, there's no demon. There's no addiction. There's no fear. There's no sin. There's no force. There's no weapon in all of the kingdom of hell that you cannot overcome in Jesus Christ. Satan's been telling you something different. God's telling you the truth today. You can be free today. I love this. God says there's no condemnation in Christ because the power of sin is broken. Romans 8, 1 to 3. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving Spirit, Holy Spirit, capital S, has freed you from Christ, from, through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature, but God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sin. I love that word destroyed. God destroyed sin's control over us. Hallelujah. And God says we are under no obligation to sin. We're under no obligation to sin. Romans 8, 10 to 12, since Christ lives within you, even through your body will, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive because you've been made right with God. The spirit of God 
who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give your life to your mortal body by the same spirit living within you. Look at verse 12. So, because of that, because you've got the power of God living inside you, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Our sinful nature used to be in control. Not anymore. Not anymore. We have a choice because the power of God, the same power, listen, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, because that power is living inside of you, you don't have to sin if you don't want to. That means he's freed you from sin, that you have a choice. Listen, you're even free from those besetting sins. Remember the Bible talks about besetting sins, those habitual sins, those, those sins that cling to you, those sins that you just, you, you confess them over and over and over and you repent over and over and over, but they keep coming back. It's that, it's that secret sin that nobody else knows about. There's even power to be free from that sin. Satan's tried to tell you that you can't escape from that. That's a lie. Even power over that sin. Hallelujah. So we need to humble ourselves, number one. Number two, we need to learn the truth. Because the truth is what's going to set us free. And number three... We need to believe in Jesus. We need to believe in Jesus. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, to proclaim, this, this, is, this is why Jesus was sent. I don't know why I'm not putting the whole scripture up, but anyway. This is why Jesus was sent. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. How many of you know that Jesus has accomplished what he was sent to do? What does tetelestai mean? It is finished. Jesus pronounced tetelestai, right? It is finished. That means that Jesus has opened prison doors. That means that Jesus has set the captives free. And that means that Jesus has broke every chain. Jesus has broke every chain. Jesus has broken every chain. How many of you know that Jesus is the bondage breaker? Hallelujah. I want to read a story in Mark chapter 5. Go ahead, turn to Mark chapter 5. I'm almost through here. Mark chapter 5. I was going to tell you this story, but I thought, you know what? I want to read you the story because I want you, I want you to hear how, how amazing this story is. Okay? Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read it to you, verses 1 to 15. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there 
met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Okay? So he had a demon. We're going to find out he had more than that. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. So he lived in the cemetery. Okay? And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. This poor man was oppressed. When he saw Jesus from afar... He ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? So please understand, this is not the man speaking right now. This is the demons inside him speaking. He says, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. <laughs> I think that's so funny. I think that's so funny. Demons are pleading with Jesus to not torment them. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. So Jesus has already commanded them to come out. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, talking to the demon, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine, of pigs, was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, not swine, demons. 2,000 demons living in this guy, okay, oppressing this guy. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told, I'm sure they were a little shocked. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was, uh, what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed. Okay. And that's that second meaning, that Greek word, that means influence or have mastery over, not ownership. Okay? And had the legion, and this guy was sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were happy. They were afraid. They hadn't seen this kind of power before. Okay, in this spiritual warfare. I'm guessing that's why they were afraid. You'd think they would have been excited. Okay, so really quickly, three things I want us to see in this story regarding our freedom. Number one, demons are not your equal. At any time in this story, when the demons were pleading for their lives... <laughs> Did you get the impression that they were equal in power with Jesus? Absolutely not, not even close. As believers, 
We have Jesus living in us. Demons are not our equal. Satan's always trying to get up to the same heights as God, isn't he? That's why he fell in the first place, right? Through media, through movies, Satan looks so powerful. He looks like he's equal. He looks like God and Satan are rivals. What a joke. What a joke. Demons are not our equals, but we've been given authority to trample snakes and scorpions. Here's number two. This was not hard for Jesus. Did did Jesus take hours and hours and throw on holy oil and the power of Christ compels? Like, was he doing that for, no. This was not hard for Jesus. Right? When you're in bondage, the enemy tries to convince you that you're never going to get out, that it's impossible to get free. Here's what you need to know about that. Satan is liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Don't believe the lie that there's no escape and that the enemy is too strong. This man, watch this, this man was so demonized, he was living naked in a cemetery. And Jesus freed him with one word. I don't think any of us are demonized like this man. I know that because you're wearing clothes. (laughs) And yet Jesus set him free. Jesus set him free with a word. Jesus is the bondage breaker. And number three is this. Satan can't stop you from running to Jesus. When this man saw Jesus, he ran to him and started to worship him. The 2,000 demons living inside him could not stop him from running to Jesus. If they had their way, he would have been running somewhere else. They couldn't stop him. Listen, the enemy can't stop you from running to Jesus. The enemy can't stop you today from choosing freedom. The enemy can't stop you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, you can run to him right now and you can be free. Number one, humble yourself. Number two, learn the truth. And number three, believe in Jesus. Amen? Does that sound good? How many of you are ready to get free right now? Hallelujah. I'm going to invite everyone to stand for a minute. What I'd like to do is I'd like to lead us in a prayer of deliverance okay and what I'm going to do is if you'd like to be a part of that prayer if you want to make a choice for freedom today I'm going to invite you to come and fill the aisles and the altar okay I'm going to invite you to do that can I just say this we need a culture of altar It should be normal for us as believers and at King's Corner to come to the altar. That should be a normal thing. Amen? 
So I'm going to invite everyone who wants to choose freedom today to come to the front, come to the altar, come into the aisle. But, but, but the reason why I'm asking you to come is because this, this is the humbling. This is the humbling of ourselves, right? Right? So come on up. Come on. Come this way, guys. There's quite a few people behind you, so maybe come this way as well. Come on up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After we pray, worship team, I'm going to have you come right up. And, and we're going to worship together at, in the altar. Does that sound good? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Just pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer in your heart. Let's get free. Dear Heavenly Father, you've told me to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. I confess that I have given in to fleshly lusts that wage war against my, my soul and have given the devil a chance to wage war in my body. I come to you now and confess and renounce these sins of the flesh so that I might be cleansed and set free from the bondage of sin and addiction. Lord, I confess to you that I've listened to the devil's roar and have allowed fear to master me. I've not always walked by faith in you, but instead have focused on my feelings and circumstances. Thank you for forgiving me of my unbelief. Right now, I renounce the spirit of fear and anxiety, and I affirm the truth that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I choose to believe you, even when my feelings and circumstances tell me to fear. I thank you for the freedom you give me to walk by faith and not by fear. And in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command Satan and all evil spirits to release me in order that I can be free to know and to choose to do the will of God as a child of God who is seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I command every evil spirit to leave my presence. I belong to God and the evil one cannot touch me. I ask you to bring to my mind anything and everything that I've done knowingly and unknowingly that involves the occult or non-Christian teachings or practices. I want to experience your freedom by, by renouncing these things right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Somebody say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Worship team, come on up. So, so I think, I think, I know we're a little tight, a little tight quarters here, but I think, I think we always end our service in a song, in a worship, right? Let's, let's do this together. Okay. Let's stand together, free, worshiping the Lord. Amen.